If you've been listening to my show for a while, you know how I like to talk about a gut biome test. I call it a fancy poop test. It's a fancy name for a poop test. And it's going to tell us what the ecosystem is in your gut. And why that's important is since food's the best medicine, it's going to tell us, here are your superfoods just for you to eat. Here are the foods for you to avoid. And here's everything else. Eat this a lot. Eat this a little. Now, my team has been very busy and they got an amazing deal. For anybody that wants to do this test, you can do it at home. You don't need a doctor's orders. All you have to do is just go to Viome, V as in Victor, I-O-M as in Mary, E.com, Viome.com. And at checkout, use the secret code, Julie Ryan, and you'll get more than 50% off. Don't put any spaces in there, just Julie Ryan. It's an amazing test. It's going to give you tons of information. I've done it several times myself, and you're going to be thrilled with the information you get because it'll give you a program just for you. Give it a whirl. Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all over the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And we've got Dave Asprey this week, you guys. I mean, what a score, Dave. Welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. My gosh, thank you for taking the time to come join us this week. I thought you meant it was a score for me, Julie. Now I'm all confused. Well, yeah, I appreciate that too. (laughs) So everybody, let me tell you a little bit about Dave. Dave is, you really truly are one of my favorite people on the planet. And I'm going to get a little verklempt here because you have had such an immense effect on my life that has allowed me to get healthy. You are are one of three people that I credit with my health, you especially in the past, I would say five years or so. And I honestly am the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And at 63, I feel like I'm continuing to get healthier and I'm aging backwards. And most of it is because of the stuff that I've learned from you that I've implemented. So I, I just can't tell you how grateful I am to you. And it's such a gift that you're willing to take the time to share your knowledge and, and resources with all of my listeners. And, uh, you know, I, my gosh, I'm forever grateful to you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be able to share with you and, and with all of your listeners. I used to be really fat. I had all the brain fog. I had fibromyalgia. And I'm just lucky that I learned how to hack it, oftentimes from my elders and from some of my own creations, and I got to share it. So I never never would have predicted 10 years ago as a fat computer hacker that I would be on a call with you. 
<laughs> so I'm, well, I'm yeah. equally grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, let me tell you a little bit about Dave because he's just extraordinary. All right. Dave Asprey is an entrepreneur, four-time New York Times bestselling author and host of the top 100 podcast, The Human Upgrade, which has been downloaded more than 200 million times. Dave, 200 million times. That's incredible. Over the last two decades as the father of biohacking, Dave's worked with world-renowned doctors, researchers, scientists, and global global mavericks to uncover the latest, most innovative methods, techniques, and products for enhancing mental and physical performance. And I will say too, the things that you suggest are so, uh, they're so actionable and they're so simple and, and it's, refreshing in this day and age when things are so complicated and I listen to you and you go, do this, this, and this, and I do, and it works right away. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And you really do a superb job. I think of distilling down the complex into understandable language and steps one, two, three, four, here's how you do it. Dave, Today, Dave is focused on upgrading humanity in his role as CEO of Upgrade Labs, a franchise chain of human upgrade centers, and on leading thousands of people enrolled in the Upgrade Collective, his online membership, mentorship and membership group, where a community of people learn everything it takes to upgrade themselves from their cells to their spirit. I love that, from their cells to their spirit, because I know you as a really spiritual guy, and we'll get into that. And I, I want to talk to you at length about that. But first, what's an upgrade lab? Where'd the idea come from and how does it work? Well, the idea for upgrade labs came from the original Captain America movie. And there's a scene where I forget whoever the, the super attractive star of Captain America is, but he's this you know four foot tall, scrawny, vegan looking guy. And they put him in this chamber and when he comes out, he's, you know, nine feet tall and a wall of muscle and, and all of that. Uh, but it wasn't just that. His mind got sharper, almost like the Professor X brain upgrade. So Upgrade Labs is just born out of this thing that happened to me. When I weighed 300 pounds, I was maybe 22 or 23. And I said, there is nothing more important in my life than losing this weight. I've had two knee surgeries already. I recognize that I'm fat. I'm trying so hard. I've done everything they said. And so I said, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym for 90 minutes a day, six days a week, except for Sunday. I'm going to do half weights and half cardio. And I'll do it if I'm sick. I'll do it if it's final exams. I'll do it unless I'm in the hospital. And it's my top priority. And I did this. And after 18 months of this, I still had a 46-inch waist. And I still weighed 300 pounds. And I could max out all but two of the machines at the gym. I was throwing fat. And I sat down at Carl's Jr. I was looking at my friends eating their double Western bacon cheeseburgers with fries. And I'm having my chicken salad with no dressing and no chicken because I had too many calories. You know, just really trying. And I realized I exercise more than all my friends combined. And I eat less than any of them. And they're all half my size. Maybe I'm eating too much lettuce. And I thought it was a moral failing. And it turns out I had bad advice. You can't exercise fat away. It doesn't work like that. The calories in, calories out thing is a myth designed to allow you to eat junk food that's sold by the companies who made the myth. It didn't work. 
So finally, I sat down and, and I said, you know what? I'm studying computer science and artificial intelligence. How hard could it be to hack the body? And I built a great career in tech uh, and did some notable things. But <laughs> along the way, I became an expert at increasing cognitive function and making metabolisms work and turning more energy on. And eventually, I unintentionally started Bulletproof. It was just a blog to tell other people like me who just wanted our brains to work. We wanted to look reasonably good. We wanted to feel good all the time, to have this energy to create. Uh, it was that, and, and it just led to that. But I, I, labs, I wanted to go back and get even with all of those times I spent in the gym not getting results. So we go to an upgrade labs. It's a franchise across the country. And we go in and we measure how you're doing. And then instead of saying, I want to be healthy, it doesn't mean anything, Billy. Did you want to be, did you want your brain to work better? Did you want your metabolism to work better so you had more energy and less fat? Did you want resilience so you could handle stress? Did you want more muscle, which is really important as you age and it makes you look good whether you're a man or a woman, the right muscle in the right place is really important, but you don't need too much of it. Um, or did you want cardiovascular fitness? Because it turns out they're entirely different and there's no way that you're going to simultaneously you know, do cardio and put on weight. They, they don't go together. So what we do is we actually get the priorities from you with simple questions. We measure where you are, and then we use technology that can give you results so much better than going to the gym to the point that 12 times better cardiovascular response. So you can exercise without sweating, without changing clothes for eight minutes. And the exercise is very, very slow. And the results are 12 times better than doing a sweaty spin class five days a week. All we have to do is get the right signal in to tell your body to transform. You want more bone density? We got you. You want your skin to look better? We got you. You want to be able to just have that energy so at the end of the day, you're not exhausted and dragging and you're not yelling at your kids, but instead you're saying, you know what? I wonder if I want to go play with the kids. And this is something I did not have as a young man. I was exhausted. I was putting... I feel like I was driving and I had the, the pedal all the way to the floor and I could push harder, but it doesn't matter because you can't push it through the floor. And so Upgrade Labs is there to give people their energy back because I believe that fundamentally we're wasting time in the gym. And I believe that humans are wired to be nice to each other, but we only do that when we have enough energy. And so that's what Upgrade Labs is all about. It's a franchise. You can open one in your town, own an upgradelabs.com and it's, it's changing the world. Wow. Well, you and I have talked a little bit about it and, and I'm excited because I'm going to get to come to your conference this year and I'm going to get to see some of that equipment that is, you know, I'm an inventor of surgical devices. So that's going to appeal to my inventor brain to see what, what are the machines that you're using that let you increase your cardiovascular health way better than going to the gym and being in a spin class. It, it turns out all exercise is either picking up rocks or running away from tigers. In all of history, we just do the same kind of thing, right? And what, what's happening here is with artificial intelligence, your body has its own real intelligence system that's not your brain, and it's automatically adjusting to be able to handle whatever it thinks is in the world. So what we're doing is we're convincing the body to be ready for things that aren't actually ever going to happen. And just by getting past your body's own automated system that your body wants to be lazy, it doesn't want to change because it's hard to change. So we're using AI to just flip the little switches that tell the body, oh, I better change. And then it'll do it. And it's just so much less work this way. 
But I used to think I had to suffer. I had to be, I had to deprive myself. I had to suffer. I had to be hungry. I had to work out so it hurt. But it doesn't work as well. And it takes a lot more time and energy. My job is to take my energy and use it to spend time with you, to spend time with my family, to spend time helping people, not to spend time doing stuff that doesn't work very well in a gym in the hopes that, you know, I'll grow a bicep. I did grow a bicep. I just didn't have to go to the gym. It's just easier this way. So you can have the body you want. You can have the energy you want in way less time than in all of human history. But people don't know it. That's why Upgrade Labs is a thing. Wonderful. Well, Upgrade Labs is another example of your insatiable curiosity. My husband calls me an information suck, affectionately, of course. You are every bit as much of an information suck as I am, if not more so. So what led you down the path of biohacking to take it from the step of, okay, I'm sitting at Carl's Jr. I'm getting ready to eat a whatever salad that's awful and And then what gave you the impetus and the courage to take a step and have it go into this whole big plethora of different companies that you have now to help people improve their lives? Well, I'm going to call it enlightened self-interest. I'd love to say I'm some kind of a saint or something like that. I'm I'm not. Uh, I like to help people. I, I believe all of us like to help people. It feels good. And there's neuroscience to back that up. Service to others is a, a great way to be in a flow state. So what I did is I sat down and I said, you know, I just want my body to work. I, I want control of my own biology. And so I'm going to go meet with a neuroscientist over here and a bodybuilder over here. And here's my friends. I ended up running an anti-aging nonprofit group uh, for almost almost 20 years where I was chairman or president. And I, I was meeting people three times my age who had more energy than me. And I realized they don't talk to bodybuilders and they don't talk to neuroscientists and no one talks to entrepreneurs, even though we care about this same kind of stuff. So I wrote a blog called the, the bulletproof executive, just saying like, how would I actually not bulletproof, like actually, but more like Superman, like how do I like get that energy? Like I can handle anything. And cause no one ever talked to people like me. And then magically uh, and and I, I made up the term biohacking and I wrote a definition for it. And it was added to the English language in 2018. And my name is in Merriam-Webster's online edition for it. I, I didn't know any of that would happen. I just knew that somehow if I could figure out how to make my body do what I wanted, it was going to let me not be in pain all the time because I had a lot of pain physically. It was going to let me focus and concentrate and have emotional regulation uh, and to do the things that felt important in the world, including having fun, but also just doing stuff that mattered. And uh, there's a feeling of helplessness that I don't think most people get until they hit a certain age. And you just realize I'm slowing down and there's nothing I can do about it. That was me at 26 and, and my career is taking off. I made $6 million when I was 26. I lost it when I was 28, unfortunately, but you know, live and learn, right? But I mean, my career was taken off and I was so tired. I was faking it in meetings and I wouldn't even remember what happened in a meeting because my brain was turning off. And I I just thought I was dumb. I went to business school and I was failing out of Wharton. I thought maybe I'm dumb. And no, I was having problems with my biology. It was hardware problems. And I went and I saw Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a famous brain doctor and a dear friend. I'm actually on his board of directors today, many years later. And he said, oh, look, Parts of your brain are turned off and there's no metabolic activity. I'm like, oh, thank God it's not me. Like, it's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm a failure. It's that when I push, it's not working. I can fix a problem, but I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could fix me if it was intrinsic. 
And that was a really big point in the creation of biohacking. We can fix ourselves. So much of what we blame ourselves for, behavioral things, it's all in ourselves. Even some of the work that you do, the psychic work, I believe the sensors that you're tuning into to do this, they are the mitochondria of your cells. And the first observer of reality is not your eyes, is not your brain. It is these tiny little single cells. In fact, things inside our single cells. And then eventually our brains find out about reality about it. If you're 18 years old or you have a brain that's been modified like mine, you figure out reality about a quarter second after it happens. And if you're a normal person or you're over 40, it's about 350 milliseconds, about a third of a second. So when I say boo, a third of a second later, your brain gets a tiny electrical thing that I said something. And then you think about it and realize I said boo. Well, who the heck is in charge during all the time? That's when a lot of this juicy connectivity and the automated parts of life that allows humans to work as a, as a single organism across the planet, a lot of this stuff happens and it has to be invisible to our brains because it's in that window of invisibility, but it's a part of who we are. It's a part of our species. And so that that's all of that, I wanted to, to tap into that and understand. And um, that's where I think a lot of our spirituality comes from. And a lot of, of our abilities come from, not all of them, but there's, there's unseen stuff with the world of biohacking we believe in doing what works and measuring what works. And it's okay. If you go back 10, 15 years, everyone said acupuncture was complete quackery. It didn't work. And now we're like, oh yeah, we have technologies. We can measure that it works. And there's just not even a question about it. Well, 15 years from now, so people saying, oh yeah, people can do, you know, remote viewing stuff. Like obviously, and, and you're sitting here going, I've been pounding my head on this for a while and people just don't think it's possible. Biohackers prove it's possible because we just do stuff that works. And then we tell people about it. It's not that hard. And so you can measure the stuff works or it doesn't. Well, I always say, I love it when science catches up with woo-woo because woo-woo has been around for forever. And, and, and I know you've explored some of the Eastern philosophies and, and gone to Tibet and chanting in caves with monks and things like that. And, and tell us about your 40 years of Zen program that you've well, along the way, I, I spent five years doing um, breathing exercises from India every morning um, called Art of Living. Uh, I've done uh, ayahuasca in uh, South America in the jungle uh, with a shaman on um, the way it probably ought to be done if you're going to do plant medicines like that. Uh, and I did that in 1999. And when I went down there, they said, uh, you're white. It's for local people. I said, yeah, I know, but I've done my research. I, I'm actually seeking this. And I thought now you go down, it's like a tourist thing and, and it's maybe little too far out of the jungle. But along the way, I, I learned these different disciplines. And I realized because I am a computer science guy and an artificial intelligence guy and, and all that, we can measure our brains. And I started doing neurofeedback 25 years ago. I bought my own equipment at home, which would allow me to get a signal, a very rudimentary signal off the brain. And I started seeing people around the country who could do this for me. And I realized your brain it can be tuned to work better. Uh, some listeners may know you take a car into a racing mechanic and they'll take your Honda and they'll do stuff to it. And all of a sudden it sounds different and you press the accelerator and it's faster than it was and it turns better. And like, what just happened there? It's the same car, but it's not the same car. You can do that to your brain. So I wanted to do this thing called hurry, meditate faster because meditation takes a lot of time. And I, I've had a very involved 
meditation practice, I just don't want to spend the time at the gym or meditating. I just want the results, right? Because I would like to put that time to curiosity, to play, to learning, to family time. Like there's so many fun things you could do. And honestly, meditation is not much fun. I'll do it. But when I have a computer helping me do it, I can do authentic forgiveness in way less time than a multi-hour forgiveness meditation. You can feel your heart opening in a different way. So 40 Years of Zen is my racing mechanic school uh, for brands. It's a, a five-day intensive program in Seattle at a dedicated mansion, kind of like a Professor X thing, <laughs> where you come in and we've got neuroscientists. We develop our own hardware and software that measures your brain waves and teaches you how to turn off all the notifications in your brain so you can actually pay attention to yourself and your life. And then we allow you to tune your brain to do the things that are most valuable to you better with less friction. And it's life-changing. 1,500 people have been through and we have a database of what high-performing brains look like. And many highly spiritual people are called to come through. They pick up the phone and say, I had a dream, I needed to go. What the heck is this thing? Okay, we got you. And others are top-performing CEOs or celebrities or sports performers. They just want to show up better for everything. They want to show up better for themselves, for their, their families, uh, and, and for the people in the world they support. And so for me, this is my highest and best and, and most valuable thing. I spent six months of my life with the electrodes on my head, which is why I can do what I do. I can write books and run a big podcast, be a dad. And at the same time, you know, you have six companies right now. And some performing better than others. I, uh, one of them does more than $100 million a year in revenue. Don't run that one anymore. That's Bulletproof, the Bulletproof Coffee Company. Um, but wow. How could I do all that without my head exploding? I think it's because I trained my brain to do this so I could get out of my own way, at least most of the time. I'm not perfect. But my God, if I didn't have that stuff, I would probably still be working a nine to five corporate job and it wouldn't have been any of the things I've done in the world. That's how important 40 years has been this. Well, the other thing I always say that when I'm working with clients, I'm very descriptive of what I'm seeing in my mind's eye when I'm doing an energy healing. And it's because if we can envision or get a sense of what this energy healing is, it's going to help integrate it into the body. And that goes along with what you talk about with the power of the brain. And I've read different statistics about how we use just a fraction of the power of the brain. And I think that's what you're tapping into with that Those program. Those statistics are, are provably false. Uh, the 10% oh, of they? our brain, something like that. Yeah. It, it turns out it's way more complex than that. It's more like you're playing music with your brain all the time. And people say, oh, you have to be in the alpha brain state. That's like saying you have to use the C sharp note. It doesn't mean anything. Are you playing jazz? Are you playing a Mozart orchestra? Or are you doing your Rage Against the Machine? Right? All of those are valid. So what we found is it's really complex math. And funny enough, when you do this, Part of the program, the reason there's an executive chef and there's supplements is that I'm turning on the electrical power in your brain so you can actually do this kind of work. Without the nutrition component, people can only do it one hour a day. They can do two and a half hours at a time when they're fed properly. In other words, your brain can do more. You can go deeper, right? And strange thing is the more we work on the electricity in the brain, the more you feel it in your heart. People have whole body sensation. So most of reprogramming the brain is felt in the heart. It's the weirdest thing. Interesting. Well, it's interesting you're bringing up the brain and the heart because you got me to use the brain octane oil, which is the oh, yeah. 
MCT oil. And I was talking to you, I think it was, well, it was about three and a half years ago. And I said, oh, God, Dave, this sugar addiction is just kicking my butt. And you said, Jules, you got to use the brain octane oil. Oh, my God. That has totally changed my life. And when oh, I so when I use it, sometimes I can feel a rush in my head. It's like it's opening up brain circuits. And every once in a while, I can feel it in my heart as well. And um, explain to everybody what that is and why that works so well. I have been sugar sober for three and a half years because oh, that is, an, and I was 59 when you said that to me. And I was like, okay, I don't have anything else to lose. And I didn't even have cake at my son's wedding. I mean, oh, that's God. how you told me, you said, this is going to change your life. And it has in so many ways. So explain, oh, that's so good. explain it. And, and I give you credit. Now I give myself a lot of credit too, you should take some. for looking at that plate of cookies and going, Oh, that looks so good. But yeah, I don't eat that anymore. But it's uh, yeah, that whole brain opening up thing from nutrition, explain what's going on with that. All right. Brain Octane Oil from Bulletproof is something I created almost 10 years ago now. And if you look at coconut oil, it's not just one thing. Inside coconut oil, there's many different types of oil. And one of the tiny little bits of oil that's in there is called MCT oil. And within that kind of oil, there's another teeny tiny bit called C8 MCT oil. And this is a weird oil because it cannot be stored as body fat. So when you eat it, the body says, oh, you're going to have to burn this fat. Okay. And then the body learns to burn fat. So it can also burn your fat more efficiently. But when your body burns these types of fat, it creates something called a ketone. You might've heard of the ketogenic diet. This is different, but it would help with that. And as soon as your brain senses that there's energy from fat in the form of these ketones, because you have your brain octane, magically your neurons have a party because in studies, Neurons in your brain prefer getting their energy from fat and the other maintenance cells of your body prefer getting energy from sugar. And oftentimes we get sugar cravings as we age because we're less effective at using sugar in our brain. In fact, they call Alzheimer's disease type three diabetes because we're, we become ineffective at that. Well, your neurons are sitting there having an absolute party when you have brain octane oil. So it's because you're getting an alternate higher energy source of power in the brain. And Julie, I have the the great fortune to have to, to be friends with at least a dozen spiritual gurus, like very high powered, some of them very famous energy workers. To a T, every single one of them has said actually two things. One, the brain octane oil or MCP oil in general, but especially brain octane, improves their abilities because you're tapping into edge powers. And also you're like, oh, I have more power to tap into my things. Okay, I can show it better. Um, and I'm talking to people from different things, um, traditional Chinese energy medicine. There's a, a Sri Lankan guru who's in his eighties. He's like, I got my life back. I can do my work again. Like really powerful, touching stuff. A, uh, a Norwegian uh, and African uh, shaman, uh, same thing who's been on the show, uh, Shaman Durek. And they're all saying, I can't believe this because I'm already incredibly powerful, but this made it easier. The other thing besides the oil is the glasses. Uh, they're called true dark glasses, the ones designed for sleep. Highly energetic people 
like energy worker types uh, on people who are psychic or, or sensitive, uh, whatever the right word for them is, usually when they wear those glasses, magically they can see and do more. And I know this is true because at 40 years of Zen, I have people who are doing the brain training wear a special kind of optical filter glasses that reduces the load on the brain. So you can still see, but the brain relaxes. And all the energy that went into seeing now goes into sensing the world around you. So you have your coffee or your MCT oil, however you put it in salad dressing, you could pour it on cooking and still work, but that's not a good idea, right? And then you put on the glasses and you do your meditation, you do your whatever, and you're going, oh my God, did I just get an upgrade? And the answer is you did. And if we put electrodes on you, we would see the electrical change and then we could actually show your brain what it's doing and then it would upgrade itself even more. And that's what the 40 years of Zen thing is all about. Well, when I got off sugar and started using the brain octane oil, I had had a hysterectomy several years before that because I had a big old fibroid and they had to open Mm -hmm. me up to get it out. And so I had probably a five or six inch old fashioned C-section scar from my belly button down. And and it was pink and it was, you know, I mean, it was a little race. It was no big deal. This was several years after I'd had it done when I stopped eating the sugar. Within a couple of months, the pinkness went away. And now three and a half years later, you can't tell I was ever cut. There is no scar there. And I thought in that first couple of months, I thought, okay, my being off sugar and using this brain octane oil is healing my body in ways that I don't know. And now fast forward all these years later, and you can't even tell I was ever cut. I mean, who who can say that when they have well, surgery you, like you that? You can say that. Okay, let, let's give you some credit here, Julie. You might have some unusual abilities to envision healing because you do it for a living. But what's happening also is that our bodies, and I have a, a one of my my four New York Times bestselling books is one about anti-aging and longevity. So I've gone really deep on this in addition to the nonprofit work I've done. This is one of my passions, like living a very long time. What we do know is that when the body is low on energy, even just a little bit low, it says, you know what, I don't need to do that maintenance stuff. I'll do it later. Right. And when the body has actually enough electricity because it did a good job of taking that MCT oil and getting extra electrons, it goes, huh. What else needs work? I already got rid of uh, zombie cells. I got rid of toxins in the cells. Oh, look, there's some scar. Let's go to work on that because I have enough energy at the end of the day to stay young and to repair myself. And if you're low on energy, it just won't do it. What happened with you is you stopped doing the sugar, which was causing spikes and then dips, and you were low energy during the dips, which creates stress, which stopped healing. And now the body's like, I got enough electricity. What else can I do? It's, it's really profound when you do that. And now if you do have a piece of fruit or you have some sugar, or even if you had a piece of that cake, which I wouldn't recommend because of all the gluten and stuff, um, you would actually handle it just fine and you'd be okay. Yeah, well, I struggled with it long enough. I will never eat it again, just because it's not worth it. You know, it's, it's not, not worth it. it. I'm, with, I'm the same way. I, I don't eat that kind of stuff. I don't mind having an occasional something that has some, some sugary carbs in it, but it's not the highly addictive uh, cake and gluten and processed whatever. But, you know, I'll eat a mango sorbet occasionally and I can handle it. And I'm at 11% body fat, even though I was obese most of my life. And I have stretch marks to prove it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you obviously have alluded to that you spent your early career in Silicon Valley. And I know you got an MBA from Wharton, which is impressive. So how have you combined where you're led? Because obviously you're being led 
on this journey to explore all of this stuff. Give us an idea of when something piques your interest, what's, what are the steps that you take? I know you're being led, you know, you're being led, but what is it that you do to, do you say, okay, I'm going to check this out. And then you do some research or you have your team do research, and then you go into the business mode. Give us an idea of what's included in all of that. Hmm. Well, in a in a another life, let's say when I was twenty one or something, um, before the World Wide Web, the before browsers existed, um, I sold the first thing ever sold over the internet. It was sold out of my dorm room. It's what we would call e-commerce today, but the word e-commerce wasn't invented yet. And this is probably the first thing ever sold over the internet. It was a T-shirt that said "Caffeine, my drug of choice," and I sold it out of my dorm room. And I was in Entrepreneur Magazine when I weighed 300 pounds. So people were like, you weren't fat. I'm like, well, I don't know. Here's a picture from a magazine when I was on whatever. Um, and so I have always had the ability to, to see the future. I'm a futurist. I, I know where it's going. I, I'm pretty bad at timing. I always think it's going to get there quickly because I, um, I underestimate the stupidity and self-harming nature of humans. Um, so I'm always optimistic. right like did you guys really just screw that one up it was so easy it was a slam dunk anyway so that's part of it is is being a futurist and so there's an inner knowing uh and and like i'll feel the hairs on the back of my neck go up Um, during that same time you know when i did that that was before amazon was started i also in my spare time keep in mind i was you know a sophomore in college i'm doing summers i put auto parts in boxes one of the worst jobs ever, but it was very high paying, so I could pay for my school. So every summer, I'm in a you know 90 degree warehouse um, with really unpleasant work and lots of time to think. And I was like, what What else can I sell over this internet thing? I'm like, books. I can sell books. And I still remember it was like the the hairs on the back of my neck went up. I'm like, this is the best idea ever, but I don't know what to do. I'm I'm a kid. Well, someone else had a similar idea at exactly the same time. You know, named uh, Jeff Bezos. And he was probably five, 10 years older than me. He knew what to do. And when he started Amazon, I'm not saying I would have been able to do what Jeff Bezos did. What I'm saying is I get the ideas early on, you know, bulletproof the the idea of biohacking. Anytime someone says they're going to upgrade their health or hack their health, those are my words from the world of computer hacking. I moved into health and they transformed what, what we talk about. I've been in Glamour magazine and Vogue magazine. Like I've been in men's health with my shirt off. Okay, as a 300-pound computer hacker, none of those even had a 0% chance of ever happening. But what I did is I followed followed what needed to happen. And when it was time for me to start blogging about all this stuff, I could feel it in my bones. I knew it. but I, And I was going to do it as a nonprofit part of the anti-aging group I worked for. But my board of directors got in the way. And after three months, it actually hurts. When something needs to happen and it's not happening, it, it for me, it creates like this discomfort. Um, and then, like, you have to do something. So finally, it's all right, guys, you argue about whatever. I'm just going to go write a blog. And that blog became uh, a $100 million a year company. And it was going to be a nonprofit. It was just too slow with a nonprofit. So for me, that happens. The other thing is, because I was a very early internet guy, I've incorporated that into my brain. I, I When you're looking at a search engine, you're looking at results, you can feel which result to go to, right? And then you just know, and you have to trust the inner knowingness. 
Now, Google's algorithms are getting really good at tricking that, right? So you can't run that through your head. You have to run it through your heart or your gut. And when you do that, you scroll past the first thing. In fact, I don't use Google anymore at all because they've become a useful search engine. I use something called DuckDuckGo. And it gives you results. And all of a sudden, like, oh, what were the words? And I download whatever the words are. And then you look, and one of the links is the right link. And I just know. And people say, how did you know that? I can't tell you, but you just know. In much the same way, probably, Julie, that you just know when you look at someone like, you know, your your liver looks like a walnut and whatever it is you see. I have, but. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're in alignment with spirit and you're getting guidance from spirit. I call it divine downloads. And when we get out of alignment, we get, we're in fear and we say, okay, well, I can't do that because of this, 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 this. And I've devised this technique that I call the two minute rule and the two minute rule. Whenever something feels badly, our thoughts come in from the ethers and they either feel neutral or good, which means we're in alignment where they feel badly. If they feel badly, that's our internal GPS saying, okay, check this out. Is this a real fear or is this a fake fear? Because everything that feels bad is based in fear. And so what you say is, this is going to kill me in the next two minutes. I call it the two minute rule. Is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? It's a yes or no answer. If the answer is yes. Get out of the road before the bus runs you over. If the answer is no. You know, it's a limiting belief that's false that you picked up somewhere. You've learned somewhere based in an irrational fear. That's also false. Soon as you ask that question, you change the vibration, you change the channel of the frequency of those thoughts coming in and you're back in alignment. You can get inspiration and that's how we're led. And we all do it all day long. We're just not aware of it. So back to what you were saying earlier about the, the 50 years, 40, was it 40 years of Zen? Uh, you know, you train your brain to say, okay, yeah, this feels bad, but this is a fake fear. And then you can move through it. And I know that that's, that's what you do as an entrepreneur. That's what I do. That's what, what all of us do, not just as business people, but in anything that we do that, because change is scary. We're all hardwired for fear. What, what happens with most of us is like that fear happens. And when we're highly functioning adults with enough energy, we'll catch the fear We'll apply like the two minute rule and then we'll do the right thing. Right. But, but it, it takes energy and focus to deal with it. The the reset process that's at the core of 40 Years of Zen is around, oh, is feeling that fear and constantly catching it useful? And if that's not useful, let's let you selectively turn off the fear. So that way you don't have to catch it anymore. It just stops bothering you. And things that feel insurmountable, like, oh my God, every time. No, it just goes away. And, and it goes away because there's this, this amazing, probably big heart is one name for it, um, or or an open-hearted forgiveness practice. There's different names in Buddhism for states like this, but you can go into this feeling of fear that, like every time that happens, like it grabs you, and you know if you're in a good place, you can handle it. If not, you're going to flip someone off or yell at your mom or whatever your thing is, right? But there's another state that that's I can show it to you with neurofeedback. That's why it's a neurofeedback program, but. That state cancels out the negative thing. And the body goes, oh, there's no way I could possibly have been correct in my fear if this state came right after it. And since you learn how to turn on the state, you can cancel them out. And from that point on, the body says, oh, whatever caused me to feel this fear, it doesn't cause that anymore. And, right. and it's, 
it's not that the door is closed. It's that there is no door anymore. It, it is not going to be an issue for you. It's, it's more powerful than EMDR, which is another way of doing this on a kind of one-off basis. And EMDR is a trauma resolution technique uh, from transpersonal psychology that I also recommend. So when you do this, all of a sudden, all the energy that would have gone into, okay, my kids are pestering me right now. Okay. I'm uh, like, they're triggering me. I'm going to go to my happy place. I'm going to do my two minutes. It's not going to kill me. And then you go, no, Johnny, you can't have another Twinkie or whatever the thing that they're pestering you about is. What if instead you just weren't triggered and you just look at them and say, no, you can't have another one. And you went about your business and there was no anger. There was no fear. There was no sadness. There was no feeling like your kids are going to starve and be unhappy and hate all of whatever your inner narrative is. It's just gone. I, I, I maybe had more of that inner narrative than most people. I had to do a lot of that stuff, but I was also figuring out the process. Well, and when you don't have any of those feelings that feel badly, you're dead because we create out of the contrast. I always tell people mm-hmm. you're dead when you don't have any feelings that feel bad, because when we know what we want and we know what we don't want, it helps us create what we do. And, and you so I have the bad feeling, but you don't have to have the story tied to the bad. Feeling. Exactly. Well, we go into this black hole because we're on mm-hmm. this channel of these thoughts coming in from the ethers. And so one thought leads to another thought leads to another thought before long, you're in this black hole and you feel like crap and you're going, what the heck? And it's all stuff that we're imagining. So if we can negate it right up front with, is this a real fear? Is this a fake fear? or whatever your techniques are, then exactly, it doesn't exist anymore. And it's not like you're going to go back to believing that's a fear once you've just proven it. Mm -hmm. Because it it doesn't make sense. The the thing that's interesting is is none of what we're describing here actually happens in the brain. It's not cognitive. It's in the body. And one of the big things that, that I learned working on all this tech and AI and cloud computing and all that is called a distributed system. And that means that you can have really complex things emerge when you have trillions of simple rules repeated over and over. So inside each of the cells in your body, there's between 200 to oh, 15,000 of these ancient little environmental sensors that can make electricity and they can make neurotransmitters and sex hormones and proteins. And they're called mitochondria. So they're desperately trying to figure out if the world is a scary place or a safe place right now so they can decide what to make for you to keep you alive because they think you're a petri dish and they think they're in charge. And there's so many of these guys in there running things and they can act in that third of a second before your brain even knows what's happening. So they have some programming in them. And if they determine that something might be a threat, they're going to give you an anxiety feeling. And they run a set of rules that are really straightforward. And this is in um, several of my books now. And it's so fundamental because it explains even some of the things um, that, that you can do and some of the things that you sense. And it's that the first thing that all life on planet does, even if it's just one mitochondria, one bacteria, one cell, um, or a whole forest, it's if something is scary, run away from, kill, or hide from it. All life does this before it can think. Otherwise, you get eaten, right? So that's fear. It's an F word. And the second F word is food. Eat everything. And all life does this because famines are a problem for every species, whether, you know, the little bacteria ran out of sugar or 
whether you know the zebra ran out of grass. It, it's happened a few times over the last two billion years. So we're all intrinsically wired to eat everything. And there's a third F word that all life also has to do um, in order to stay around for multiple generations. Uh, and that F word, of course, is fertility. I'm not sure what you were thinking about there. Um, but okay, your body does those in order. Okay, if it's not scary, then can I eat it? If I can't eat it, can I mate with it, right? And after that, there's a fourth F word and it's friend. And if not, can I cooperate with it? Can I form an ecosystem with it? Can I form a tribe with it? And this happens in your yogurt container. It happens in kombucha, it happens in oceans and it happens in forests and it happens in cities. And this is the nature of life and it always follows those rules. So I just explained for every single person listening, Every time you procrastinated was the first F word, fear. Every time you didn't take an opportunity, right? Every time, honestly, that you yelled at your kids, ultimately it came down to fear because a lot of that voice on it comes from that. It also explains every time you ate the whole carton of Ben and Jerry's. And it also explains every bad day you've been on. Those are automated systems in your cells doing those things and you took credit for them. And you told yourself a story to justify the urges that they gave you. And when you learn to set down to lower the amount of power that goes into that first very powerful F word of fear, you have enough power left over to go, huh, maybe I won't eat the sugar. You can learn to do intermittent fasting. By the way, fastestway.com, I will teach listeners how to fast. I've taught 75,000 people how to fast for free. I'm not trying to sell anything, um, fastestway.com. Uh, and then you get to... Um, this this other one, having some love in your life is very important. It's nourishing for you to find the right love in the life in your life. So all of a sudden, I'm safe, I'm fed, and I'm loved. And now I'm going to show up for the world in a major way. That's not just human needs; those are life needs, and they happen in your tissues. And that's why a lot of the emotions happen in your body. And if you look at someone using your ability to see, and they're really, really in anguish and angry, are they angry in their mind or are they angry in their body? Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth bedding. I love them and so will you. Interesting. Well, and, and I think so much of the cravings that we have are physiological. When I had leaky gut and had yeast overgrowth for the first 40 years of my life, I met the man who discovered yeast overgrowth, the late mm -hmm. Dr. Orion Truss, who was a Cornell educated internist who taught at Cornell Medical School for years. And when he retired, he moved back to Birmingham and helped people from all over the world, uh, you know, get well. I was on antibiotics four and five times a year for the first 40 years of my life. 
I only did that for 15 years. So I feel yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, strep throat, I was a strep throat queen. And one day I, mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, Dr. Trust, is it a character flaw that I crave sugar? And he laughed and he said, no, it's the yeast that's craving yeah. the sugar. It's, it's something that's going on. That's a physiological thing happening in your body. And that was such a huge light bulb moment for me. And it gave me the wherewithal to be able to, to forgive myself because I'd beaten myself up thinking I was a bad person. Why can't I control this? Mm-hmm. So it goes along with what you're talking about. And I, I laugh and I, I know you, you and I have talked about this and you talk about this a lot, that some of the things that we go through from a health standpoint gives us the knowledge base when we've gotten ourselves well to help others. And so I, I laugh, I say, Dr. Trust is sitting on a cloud up in heaven going, you go girl, because I teach people all over the world what he did to help me get well. And, uh, you know, it's just fantastic. The things that our technology is allowing us to validate of things that we've known, but we didn't have any way to prove it over all of these years. it's frustrating because a lot of the the Western science and medicine w- would say, you know, you're crazy. Um, th- there is no proven mechanism for this. And the funny thing is, during all that time, most of the mechanisms that they believed were also wrong. Just in the last couple of weeks, oh, you mean depression isn't an imbalance of neurotransmitters the way we've been telling ourselves for 30 years and the way we've spent tens of billions of dollars of research on? Yeah, the assumption was wrong. But they, meanwhile, character assassinated anyone who said anything otherwise because this is how it is. And then, oh, Alzheimer's disease, it's caused by these plaques in the brain. Oh, it turns out in 1995, the guy who wrote that paper falsified the images so he could get credit for the paper. So we've only spent like, what are this, 25 years chasing up the wrong tree. And everyone who said it's a metabolic disorder was widely criticized, even though they were right. So what's going on here is you don't need to know the mechanism of action. If you want to know the mechanism of action and it makes you feel safer, let me tell you what it always is. It's leprechauns. There. Now you can feel safe. Let's go on to whether it works or not. Okay. The mechanism is a story we tell ourselves that may or may not be true. All that matters to a biohacker like me is if I do A, will I get B? And if I can measure B, and every time I do A, I get B, it freaking works. And if it works because of leprechauns or fairies or aliens, that's great. Let's figure that out. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep doing what works because I want to live to at least 180 because I want my brain to work the way it does now, not the way it worked in my 20s because I want the level of pain that I have now, which is way lower than the level of pain I had in my 20s. I'm going to do what works. And if someone tells me that I can't do what works, they're actually an enemy of humanity because you have the right to do what works for you. And this is going to sound really weird, but what works for you might be different than what works for me because I'm a 6'4 guy with 11% body fat and a history of autoimmunity on an aggressive anti-aging program. Maybe we're different and that's okay. This is why you don't let bureaucrats or even doctors tell you what you have to do. You have to do what measurably works for you. And if they tell you, you know, eating crickets, and a whole bunch of flour is good for you because it came from plants or whatever the heck. Maybe that works for you. Give it a try. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. And if it works, hallelujah. And if it doesn't work, you can tell them to stick their crickets wherever they should stick their crickets, if you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, and back to my Dr. Truss, he 
this guy had Ivy League chops, you know, out the yin yang. And they crucified him when he presented this stuff at conferences. And so he just said, fine, I know this works. People came from all over the world. He would get them well. He got me well. He's a saint in my book. And he has helped me help lots of people around the world. Well, speaking of that, you've got a new coffee brand called Dangerous Coffee. Tell us about that. Danger Coffee. Sorry. That's okay. Danger Coffee. Um, I realized that we don't have enough danger in the world. And you're saying, what? That sounds twisted, Dave. What do you mean by that? sounds twisted. I'm not asking people to do dangerous and stupid things. What I'm saying is that if you believe that you are fundamentally weak and harmless, you will never be at peace. Because the way you're at peace is when you go to bed at night going, I can handle anything. And by definition, that makes you a dangerous person. Who knows what you might do? You might ask that person out, even though it was scary. You might say no when you're told to do something horrible to another person. You might quit your job and start a company. Who knows what you might do? But if you are so limited that you know you couldn't do that, you are not dangerous. In fact, you are weak and you are depleted. And I want a world full of people who are super dangerous, super peaceful and super kind and super happy, but I don't want super kind, happy, super weak people in the world anymore because there are forces that work, whether they're conscious or not, who are building weakness into our species. I want happy people because powerful people are happy and powerful people are by definition dangerous because they're powerful. So let's hang out with people who are nice to each other because we are not afraid, because we have enough energy because we eat, because we have love in our lives. So we can sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to do what's right, even if it's scary. That's why we need danger out there. What Danger Coffee does different, that's what we stand for. Uh, we put trace minerals in the coffee. Because one of the things that all of the fake food and plant food is doing is it's sucking minerals out of our bones and out of our cells. And you need trace minerals to make energy for your brain to work, for your heart to work, and especially for these subtle energetics that you're capable of. Since your food is sucking it out of your body, your food doesn't have minerals the way it did 50 or 100 years ago because of farming practices. What you end up with is even if you have the willpower, even if you really want something, if you don't have the raw material building blocks, it's very hard to make it happen. So by drinking your coffee with the minerals in it, they can enter your cells and give your cells the building blocks they need to do the magic they do. Danger Coffee is the name of it. You can order online and it these minerals actually are detoxing in their nature as well. They will actually bind to toxins in the gut and help you get rid of them. So I drink that every morning, give it to my kids and it works. All right. Well, that's a great segue into plant-based diets, vegan, vegetarian, and Hmm. uh, you're not a fan. Why? Let's think about what plants are actually like. Now, if you're listening to this, you could just go out in your backyard right now or into a park or a forest and just pick a random plant. And if you were to do that and you were to put it in your mouth and chew it up and swallow it, one of two things is going to happen. One, you're going to go to the hospital. Two, you're going to lay in bed moaning, farting with sore joints, brain fog, and maybe tripping a little bit. Because the vast majority of plants on the planet will kill you if you eat them. 
Yet, somehow you believe a plant-based diet without knowing what the plants are, or what they do is somehow going to be good for you. That's almost, almost like what a big food company would tell you to sell you the cheapest crap possible that they could get you to eat, which is what plant-based diets are. And they don't work. I was a vegan. I was a raw vegan, a very well-educated one. And what happened to me is what happens universally to anyone over about age 30 who goes on a vegan or a plant-based diet. I'm not saying vegetarian can't work. It can. But what happens is you get mineral deficient, just like I talked about, because those plants, two of the compounds in those plants that cause major problems in humans are around minerals. One is called oxalates, which you'll find in kale and spinach and, and things like that. They form crystals with calcium. Now the calcium can't go to your bones. And those crystals move around in your body. They cause kidney stones. They cause gout. And they cause a condition called vulvodynia, where they form in your vulva, if you're so equipped. And then it's exceptionally painful. They also are linked even to autism, but they wouldn't be the only cause of autism. So, gee, that's a plant-based food. That might not be, but you thought kale was good for you. It wasn't. It also contains thallium, which is a very toxic, heavy metal that is concentrated specifically in kale. So you're going, oh, I thought plant-based foods were good. What about soy? It contains estrogens. And the fats I found in plants, including nuts and seeds, those things that are supposed to be good for you, that type of fat slows your metabolism and creates inflammation throughout your body. One of the ways I've been able to lose 100 pounds and keep it off for more than 15 years without being hungry is I eat an amazing amount of saturated fat, which is a fat that is pro-metabolic and does not cause heart disease. It does not do that. We are learning more and more and more about it. And it turns out grass-fed animal protein, including butter, does amazing things for you, including egg yolk. And that this turns on your brain and it turns on your hormones. They tell you to lower cholesterol with a plant-based diet. You're sucking minerals out of your body. You're replacing good fats with bad fats. And you're dropping your testosterone and you're creating thyroid dysfunction. What testosterone does in men and women at different levels, it creates desire in life. Not just bedroom desire, but desire to do something that matters. And thyroid is the hormone that creates energy. So if you are so fortunate to have enough energy because your thermostat's turned up with thyroid and enough desire because you have some testosterone, you're like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do good things. And if instead you go have a soy burger or whatever these other nonsense foods are with long lists of ingredients that are way provably worse for the environment and worse for you and worse for animals because they kill more animals than just eating a steak, what you end up with is you're weak. You're low power and you're low desire and you're easily programmable. So put down the impossible burger, put down the plant-based diet and realize that humans fully thrive and we support our environment when we eat fat from animals. And if you want to be vegetarian for whatever reason, you can do that. But keep in mind, if you eat a steak every day, you're going to kill one cow per year. I live on an organic farm. I raise 25 pigs, 25 sheep and three cows a year. And I feed them to my local community. And we do it with compassion. I do it with care. We feed them, we name them, and we make sure that the butchering is ethical. And that is the best tasting meat you'll ever find. And when you eat it, you feel different. So yes, it matters how animals are treated. I will tell you though, the number of bunnies, turtles, ladybugs, snakes, and all sorts of other cute animals you can think of are destroyed by tractors and habitat destruction. So every time you eat your bowl of soy nuggets, 
you are literally killing thousands of animals with faces and eyes, and you just don't see them. And unless one of my cows steps on a frog accidentally, that one cow fed two people for an entire year with one death. How did I learn this? Well, a llama at a monastery in Tibet taught me this. A llama is the head priest, not an alpaca-like animal in Tibet. And well, yeah, I argued with him about this. So why do you have a yak skin on your prayer pole? You're a hypocrite when you say no killing. And he laughed because one death feeds everyone. And that's one of the reasons that I created the Bulletproof Diet. That's why I stopped being vegan. Because being vegan, I was cracking my teeth. I was cold. My thyroid was broken. My testosterone was low. It doesn't work. And when someone tells you to help the planet that way, they are lying. You probably don't know this, but Elon Musk has a $100 million carbon capture X prize. Have you heard about that? Well, Go ahead. Tell everybody. The first $50,000 that went into this carbon capture X prize was the donation that I made because I believe we need to get carbon out of the air. I'm, I'm, I'm on team environment, right? So I, I made that donation. And later after we put together all the, the pieces for it, Elon uh, came in with $100 million to say the first people who can suck carbon out of the air um, are going to win this giant prize that he's funding. And I'm super, super stoked for that. But the number one way of pulling carbon out of the air is topsoil and topsoil comes from animal poop. So when you say you're gonna go plant-based, you are removing animals that build soil from the ecosystem and the corn that you're eating is grown in destroyed soil soaked in glyphosate. We can't do this to the planet. We can't do this to our children. We can't do this because of fertility. And it is wrong. It is, it is wrong from an ecosystem, from a planetary and from a species level thing. Become one with nature, become one with animals by eating them. It's okay. Just do it with kindness. Well, thanks for that, because that's a totally different view than what most of us are reading, especially these days. And and no surprise, you're always out front on this stuff and you're confronting controversial things like kale. Kale, I heard you say one time, kale we used to use as a a uh, decoration on salad bars and now we eat it it is and it tastes bad and it's bad for you and you know give up the kale thing and and it's it's so indoctrinated with the kale everything and you're the only one that i know that's saying do not eat kale kale's really bad for you i ate a ton of kale when i was raw vegan i was blending it in things juicing it putting in these giant salads and i had incredible joint pain and my thallium levels were high. And thallium, is, it was called the poisoner's poison. People don't know this, but when we replace lead in gasoline, unleaded gasoline uses thallium, which is a thousand times worse for you than lead. And it gets in the environment and then kale sucks it up. It's, kale's a vacuum cleaner for thallium. And they're like, oh, I'll eat some. And I still remember when I was about 10, Pizza Hut until 2013 was the largest buyer of kale to put on their salad bar as garnish. And I, I went there as a kid uh, in Albuquerque, and I picked up a piece of kale and put it on my, my plate. And my dad's like, don't eat that. That's garnish. He was right. Yeah, who knew? Oh, my gosh. Well, women, especially, who are listening are thinking, okay, this stuff all sounds great, but what do I do to lose weight? What's the best way for me to lose weight? I've got the vegetarian thing. I've tried that. I've tried juicing. I've tried whatever. Certainly, for the majority of my life, for the last 50 years, maybe longer, we were all taught about the low fat diet. So cut to the chase. What can women, especially with the hormone mm -hmm. 
challenges that we have. What can women do to lose and maintain a healthy weight and have a healthy body? You have to stop eating omega-6 seed oils. This means anything fried at a restaurant is no longer food. Anything that has canola, corn, soybeans, safflower, sunflower oil, it's just not food. Commercial salad dressings and fried stuff are the, the two biggest sources in ultra-processed foods. When you cut that out, you don't have to go low fat. You don't want to go low fat. Replace it with eggs, grass-fed animal meat, coconut oil, avocados, some olive oil. Just changing out the type of fat you eat can have a profound effect on your metabolism. Stop eating sugar and grain to the best of your ability, and then learn how to skip breakfast. It's called intermittent fasting. Fastthisway.com for free. I'll teach you how to do it. And in women, there's a chapter in my book by the same title that looks at only research on women and weight loss and metabolic improvements. And what we find is that if women do a 12-hour fast three times a week, that's the beginning level for improvement. What that means is have dinner a little bit earlier, which improves your sleep quality, which also makes you lose weight. So have dinner, say, at 6 o'clock. Don't eat anything after that before you go to bed. And then if you go to bed at 10 and you sleep eight hours, you already had a 12-hour fast. You can do this, right? Or have... Have breakfast a little bit later. It's not that hard when eight hours of sleep is part of the fast. So when you do that, it starts to improve your metabolism. You don't need to do it every day. You don't need to overdo it. And that's the big lesson in fast this way. There is no ultimate number. The correct number for you is going to be different based on what day of the week it is, where you are in your cycle and things like that. Um, but what you want to do is just sometimes have an empty stomach and be okay with that for a longer period of time. And then don't snack. If you eat something and you're hungry an hour or two later, you did it wrong. You ate something that triggered a craving. When you eat, you shouldn't even think about food for four hours. And when it's time to eat again, it should be like this. I guess I could eat. But if instead it's, if I don't have a taco soon, I'm going to kill you and eat you, that's a craving. Okay, You have to just realize if you feel like you're going to die, if you don't eat, you can go two months without eating without dying die. It's if your body's telling you you're going to die, you have a nutrient deficiency, you're eating something that causes cravings, but that is not a true story. And that's what fast this way is all about. So the combination of fixing your fats and intermittent fasting can oftentimes do it, but many women make the mistake of not eating enough protein or even worse. Now you go to the health food store and they have all these plant-based protein powders. Plant-based protein doesn't work. It, it is absorbable at five or 10%. Animal protein can be 70, 80% absorbable. So eat your eggs in the morning, eat some meat. And when you do that, the protein is gonna help you put on muscle, which helps you burn fat all the time. So increasing protein, decreasing bad fats, decreasing sugar is an, it's just a magic thing to do. You don't have to be perfect on it, but that's the direction you wanna do. I don't know any women who won't lose weight on that protocol unless their thyroid and testosterone hormones are broken. And if you try what I said and it never works, you just need to go to a functional doctor. You need to get those two numbers. We'll give you some other ones too, testosterone and thyroid. I promise you that when you get your thyroid levels where they should be magically, you'll have to buy smaller pants. Yeah, absolutely. All right, changing directions for a minute. You are so 
educated and knowledgeable about mold. And did the, you produce the moldy movie, which I, when I talk to a client, I always send a follow-up email with resources and, and the reason there are a ton of resources from you on there. And it's always the moldy movie is in there. I was in Hilton head with my family last weekend on vacation. We rented three homes. My bedroom was moldy. And I thought, oh, I can power through this. I did it two nights. It made me so sick, Dave. I had sore throat, wicked sore throat, wicked headache, chills, fever, coughing, snot. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much over it now, but it was crazy. And I, and I knew better because I'm a canary in the coal mine. I don't want you to do that again. Well, I won't ever do it again. Air like that molds talks to the natural streptococcus bacteria that's in your sinuses and tells it, oh, look, here's some antibiotics from the mold because that's what mold makes. They're called mold toxins. And then the strep bacteria forms a biofilm the way you and I both had chronic strep infections many, like like hundreds of times um, earlier in life, right? Mold causes the strep to do that. And it also triggers candida to grow. So it is never worth, for anyone listening who's mold sensitive, it's never worth. If you smell and detect mold, just get out. You will I normally never do. I normally yeah. do. This was a situation. There was not another rental available on the island. There was not a hotel room on the island. So what I did was I you closed off the, couch? I closed off the room and yeah. I slept in the loft on a couch. Oh, good. Okay. And then, and I told my husband Saturday morning, I said, I am ready to get the hell out of here. Let's go. And, and I'm, so I'm okay because I'm healthy. I never get sick now, but I thought I will never do that again. I was amazed at how fast I got sick by being exposed to that. And I was outside at the beach most of the day, but I slept in it and I thought, whoa. And what timing that you're coming on, please tell everybody just kind of the synopsis of the mold thing, where it is, why you did the moldy movie and everything that goes around that. I grew up in a moldy basement. We didn't know that mold was an issue in the eighties, but I had rashes. I had asthma. I had Asperger's syndrome, uh, ADHD, ODD. OCD uh, and chronic sinusitis, nosebleed 10 times a day and frequent bruising, as well as lots of joint pain. Sounds like a great childhood, huh? Well, oh, and also behavioral disorders, um, just because with all of that going on, there's something called mold rage, where you just get incredibly angry because the body feels like something's attacking it and it doesn't know what it is. And of course, we had no idea what it was. So obviously, it's just because I'm a rough kid, right? Uh, well, the other thing that mold does is it gives you nightmares, like really vivid nightmares. Did you have those when you were staying at that place? I did not. You didn't? Okay. Well, it, not all species do that. Well, I wasn't, but I wasn't in there long enough because I knew. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. True. There's about 200 species that form really bad toxins that we know about. And these toxins are correlated with cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, breast cancer. And some of them make potent estrogens that cause weight gain. 
When I say potent estrogens, I mean a thousand times stronger than human estrogen. One of them is so powerful that the big food industry concentrates that mold poison and they'll inject it into, or they'll put it in a cow's ear and then it'll go in through the membrane in the cow's ear and then the cow will get fat on 30% less food. And then you eat that cow and you'll get fat on 30% less food too, right? It's crazy. So how big of a problem is it? You can go to moldymovie.com. It is absolutely free. This is a gift. I, I filmed it. I spent you know a couple of months filming this and I funded the whole thing out of my pocket um, because people thought I was crazy for mold. And one of my favorite interviews in there is with a husband and wife. They're both doctors. She's had serious mold problems and he doesn't have them. And she thought she was crazy, but her body temperature was high when they lived in the moldy house. So she biopsied every organ in her body and they still couldn't find it. Eventually they discovered it was mold and moved out and cleaned up their mold and she got better. And I have her on camera sitting there and she's saying, you know, in medical school, they taught me this wasn't possible, but it did happen to me. And her husband looks at her and goes, I never felt anything, but I know it's real because I can see it. And the thing to know about mold is different people experience different symptoms. And there could be a wide range because there's many species of mold and there's many types of genetics. So I happen to have the kind of genetics that makes me more susceptible to it. And I wish I'd have known when I was a kid, but if you have those symptoms or you see water damage, and right now we've got flooding in Las Vegas, we've got flooding in Disney World, flooding in Kentucky, um, flooding all over the place. So all of those structures that have water in them will have toxic mold. So what do you do about it? Well, one of the things that I, I find most effective, this is also one of my companies that has that mission to stop toxic mold. It's called Home Biotic. Homebiotic.com, like a probiotic, but with home. This is a natural soil bacteria that competes with mold. So you mist it around your house. It's part of a cleaning process. So there's always a little bit of bacteria ready. So should there be water, the bacteria is like, I got this. Right. And when I go to a moldy hotel or mine, check out if I possibly can. If I, there's a little bit of mold or something, I miss the whole place with homebiotic and then I leave and I come back an hour later and I can tolerate it much better than I could before. So this is like an active bio defense kind of thing, like taking probiotic for your gut. And um, that's uh, that's been effective. Air filters are effective. But most importantly, if you have mold in your house and you know you have mold in your house, it makes everything feel like it's a huge burden. Your relationship is a burden. I've seen many marriages destroyed by toxic mold. It makes, uh, it makes getting a new job. It makes calling a mold inspector feel like a burden. Everything is so hard. You're walking in mud. And the most important thing you can do is just get out. Go stay at a friend's house. Anything you can do to have a few nights to clear up your head. I talk about on the blog, and, and I'm sure your resource page has it too, Lots of techniques, activated charcoal to bind to these toxins, they'll recirculate over and over. And you can have brain fog and hormonal irregularities and hot flashes, all these random things, headaches, migraines, visual disturbances, over and over and over, even if you're exposed last year, until you bind the toxins and get them out. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it was as big of a problem, but the experts in the movie say that at least 100 million Americans alone affected by toxin and we have 100 million structures in the country um, that are water damaged, especially schools, because they don't get enough maintenance. And if you have a flat roof and it leaks, all that kind of stuff, it adds up. There's water drainage, your basement is wet. Turns out this is a fundamental thing. The world around us interacts with our, with our biology, with our bodies. 
And if there's poison in the air that you don't know about, but your body feels, it will feel anxiety and it will give you anxiety and you'll yell at someone you care about. Much of our anxiety is physiologically based. Oh, you don't have enough nutrients. You don't have enough minerals. You're getting poisoned by the bacteria in your gut. You're eating foods that are incompatible with you and you just feel anxious. Oh, not right. And then you typically take that out by finding a story. Oh, it's because my boss was mean to me. It's because whatever. But you're not going to know what it is because you haven't learned about it. So literally look up. If you see water stains on your ceiling and you can't lose weight, you're tired all the time, you have unexplained rashes. seriously, they're explained now. It's the water stain on the ceiling that's causing it. Yeah. And, and when I talk to people who have mold issues, they say, I can't afford to get it fixed. And I say, well, you got to figure out something because you can't afford to not get it fixed. To your point earlier, my late GYN who lived in Santa Monica was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She was my doctor for 15 years. And when she was diagnosed, she called me and she said, scan me, what the heck's going on? And I said, you are full of black mold when I scanned her. And I said, where is the black mold? She said, my house is full of it. I said, you got to, you got to remediate it. She said, I can't, I don't have the money. It's too too big of a project. I said, well, then you need to sell it and get out of there. And she lasted three years, but I am convinced that it was the black mold that caused her pancreatic cancer. Here's what to do. If you know you have black mold in your house and you can't afford to fix it or move, you should buy life insurance. Wow. That's a big statement. Sorry. Then you yeah. can afford to fix it for the other people who haven't died from that mold yet, because that is how important this is. I don't put it in another way. I have incredible books, like, like a whole volume of, of books, like multiple volumes of books, just on the research of cancer and toxic mold and cardiovascular disease and toxic mold. And mold's interesting because it's in our food. It's called a, a, a field toxin or a storage toxin. And that affects us, but not as much as breathing it in our homes or having an infection in our body. So if you're eating some mold that we know is provably bad for you, and then you're getting sensitized to it by breathing it, getting more toxins until the point that you actually get an infection called aspergillosis in your sinuses, which is why you and I were on um, antibiotics for a long time, because the mold takes up residence in the sinuses, not bacteria. It's a mix of both. Well, then we have a bit of a problem here. So one of the other things that matters is reducing mold in food. So danger coffee, I mentioned earlier, it's lab tested for mold because coffee is such a moldy crop that it, it's tested by law in almost every country on the planet except for the US. So when it's illegal to sell coffee that has mold in it in China, it's illegal in Japan, illegal in Europe, they will send it to the US and we'll drink it. And two hours later, we feel anxious and jittery and then like we want sugar and we don't feel good. and maybe more coffee will help. It's because we're drinking moldy coffee. You, you try the danger coffee. And yes, I am selling it just full transparency because it works. You try it you're like, what is going on here? It feels so good because of the minerals. And because you got coffee without all the bad stuff that's in American coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for addressing that. One last question. I could talk to you all day. One last question. I work with a lot of women within with fertility issues. And I know that one of your books is the Better Baby Book, and I always recommend it. Can you give us just a quick synopsis for all those women who are listening yeah. that are are hoping to conceive or or have daughters or daughters-in-law that are hoping to conceive? 
My wife is a medical doctor uh, from the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. And she was diagnosed as being infertile at her medical school by very knowledgeable doctors. We wanted to have kids and we had two children, one at 39 and one at 42 without IVF from a woman who was infertile. And we did it with nutrition and detoxing. And the book is called The Better Baby Book. The bottom line here is if your thyroid and sex hormones are off, if you have toxic mold, if you have heavy metals, or you're just eating way too many of the bad fats and not getting all of the minerals and other nutritional factors you need, you will be much less fertile. And it's not just women, it's also men. Men have, oh, about a, a six-week period of what you eat and what you do is really going to affect the quality of your semen. Sometimes it's longer than that, but usually that's enough time. For women, I love to have six months, but even three months is enough to have a huge difference. And you do that before you are going to conceive and you clean up your clean up your nutrition and you do what's in the book. And what you find is eating more saturated fat, <laughs> eating more egg yolks, um, getting some fish oil in there and making sure you're not eating the fried inflammatory over processed things. Magically, your fertility goes up. There are many hundreds of babies uh, who are born who I don't believe would have been born or would have been born with severe neurological problems if it's not for the knowledge in that book. One of the other things that's in that book, I was very concerned about passing autism or Asperger's syndrome onto my kids because I had Asperger's syndrome. My entire dad's family has it. My grandmother's a PhD nuclear engineer. Like, like it runs in our family. My kids don't have Asperger's and it's about nutrition in the womb. You can do that. And this book is everything that we would know. The one thing that I would do if I could rewrite this book 10 years later, I would tell you have a few more carbs at dinner than I normally than I had recommended in the book at the time. You need you need to eat a little bit more, have some fruit or have some extra carbs at dinner. But it is fantastic. And the feedback over the years have been incredible. So many heartfelt letters. And my wife, Dr. Lana, does uh, fertility coaching for maybe 10 couples a year uh, and you know, very high touch fertility coaching and uses those techniques and has been using them now for 10 years. They work. They work very reliably. And you need to have the man and the woman both do that detoxing, both increase their mitochondrial function. And when that happens, life wants to reproduce desperately. You give it the raw materials, it's going to find a way. But if you don't have the raw materials or they're blocked with toxins, there isn't a way. And so that's what we're doing is lowering the toxin load, increasing the energetics, getting the hormones right, and babies happen. Thanks for that. I, I know that people say, well, that it, it can't be that easy because they've been through all the IVF stuff. And, and IVF is rough. It, it can work. Yeah. It is really intense. It's hard on both men and women. And it's super expensive. A lot of people yeah. can't afford it. Well, so, trying the better baby book, it's what? 25 bucks for the book and you got to spend money on food anyway, just buy the right, the right food. That's Maybe right. it's slightly more expensive. If that doesn't work, do IVF, but surprisingly it might work. Better baby book is the name of it. Yeah. In closing, if you could tell all of our listeners one thing that would enhance their lives in, in just ways beyond their best expectations, what would that be? Let me think about that for a second. Well, um, it's a quote, and I'm trying to think who the quote is, who wrote the quote. 
we'll say it's a quote from a famous person. Um, and it's, the goal of life is not to accumulate power, but to radiate it. And I, I love that because your body can store six seconds of energy in the form of ATP. And if you don't radiate it some way, uh, you have to make more. But if you stop doing that, you're gone. So all this stuff around savings, counsel, it's, it's all a fantasy. Um, you cannot store more than six seconds. So you might as well radiate it in a good way. And this is true when you, you tell yourself stories about the world and bad people doing this, bad people doing that. They're constantly radiating energy. They're not storing it. There is no shortage of it because we make it all the time. You just have to direct it in the right direction. All right. Well, thank you for that. How can people find you? Go to daveasprey.com. And that's my blog that has most of this stuff. 40yearsofzen.com is my neuroscience uh, brain upgrade facility. And dangercoffee.com is where you can get the coffee. And my podcast is called Human Upgrade. I'd love to have you listen in sometime if you think it might be interesting. It's my favorite podcast. It's of all podcasts and I absolutely adore you and I'm eternally grateful to you for what you've done to help me get well and, and age backwards. And what you teach me not only helps me and helps those that I love, but it helps all of the people with whom I work and people that listen to me. So through me, you are having a huge influence on my community and, and therefore the people with whom they interact as well. So I love that, you know, you think about, okay, I'm, I'm going to be able to get this information to people that listen to my show, but then it grows exponentially out from there to everybody that they touch as well. And I think that's really remarkable. So thank you to you and your team for everything that you do to help mankind really help humanity. You are so welcome. And Julie, thank you. I know you, you do a lot of energetic stuff you probably even talked about, but you're working for the good guys. And I appreciate that about you. So you keep doing all the cool stuff you're doing and I'll share whatever biohacks I come up with that'll help you do it even better. And uh, I appreciate your support as well. You bet. All righty. Everybody, we'll be back next week with a live show. So sending you lots of love Mwah. from Sweet Home, Alabama and from Canada too, where Dave is, and I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.